0: Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays.
1: Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost.
0: Well, as we stand, let me pray for us. Our Father, this morning our prayer is simple. In the prayer, in the words of the psalmist, we ask you to open our eyes, that we may see wonderful things in your word. And we ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please do sit. Well, let me encourage you, uh, if you'd like to, to turn back uh, in, our Bible, in your Bible to uh, Luke chapter 19 and verses 1 to 10, the reading uh, that Christine read for us just a moment ago. Uh, the actor Michael Caine was quoted in a national newspaper saying a few years back, the idea that money doesn't buy happiness Is a lie put about by the rich to stop the poor from killing them. It is hard to sympathize with rich people. We write off their complaints by saying, they have no idea how the other half lives, or if I had their money. But honestly, our lack of sympathy for the rich is usually driven by jealousy. Who wouldn't want to be rich? To be able to give up work if you chose to? To be able to have whatever you wanted? Not to have a financial worry in the world? How many of us, if we're being honest with ourselves, didn't envy Wayne Rooney when it was reported this week that he'd signed a new contract with Manchester United worth up to £300,000 a week? Yes, you did hear that correctly, £300,000 a week. I dare say a few of us reacted with strong comments like that's obscene or it's immoral. We may have even thrown in a line or two about the starving millions. But deep down, most of us wouldn't mind being in Wayne Rooney's football boots. You see, as we look at the rich and uh, we think they're okay, that they're sorted, in the fantasy world that is our thought life, we imagine that wealth brings a life of ease and and luxury without a trouble in the world. Too often in our minds, we do buy into the thought that money will solve all our problems and make us happy. I was pointed to a paper published by Columbia University in New York, written by Sunaya Luther, professor in psychology and developmental science it was a paper called uh, the culture of affluence psychological costs of material wealth i know you can barely wait to read it Um, in her paper though this is crucial uh, professor luther talks about the way children of rich families have been neglected by developmental scientists on the assumption that the rich have everything they need so it seems that even the world in the world of scientific research we believe the idea that money makes you happy But Sinaia Luther points out that among the at-risk children, the children of the rich are as at-risk as anybody else. She writes about their sense of isolation, that the children of upper-income families are often left alone for several hours a week. She writes how rich parents are focused on the star qualities of their children to the detriment of their psychological well-being. And I quote, the more people strive for extrinsic goals such as money, the more numerous their problems become and the less robust their well-being. That's how the university professor puts it. We just say money can't buy you happiness. And despite what Michael Caine says, that's not a, just a lie put about by the rich to stop the poor from killing them. We know people who are rich and who do have everything they want and still they're as miserable as hell. Think of the Hollywood actor who has extraordinary wealth yet turns to illegal substances in a desperate attempt to find something or the wealthy entrepreneur whose private life is a mess of broken relationships as my brother used to say money doesn't make you happy it just means you can be unhappy in comfort Money isn't the answer to all our problems, and it may even bring more problems. That was certainly the case for Zacchaeus, the tax collector who we meet this morning in Luke chapter 19. He was fabulously wealthy, and yet he was extremely needy. And part of his great need came about because of the way he'd acquired his wealth. For Zacchaeus was a businessman with a questionable reputation, he was a rogue trader, a dodgy dealer. And as wealthy people don't get a lot of sympathy just because they're rich, you can be sure that rich people who've gained their wealth through ill-gotten gain certainly don't get the sympathy vote. Most of us who like to think of ourselves as normal, respectable, upright citizens, most of us get really irritated by those who've got rich at the expense of others. And so Zacchaeus wouldn't have got any sympathy from anyone around him. And his wealth wouldn't buy him friends Desperately, he learned the hard way that money cannot compensate for lack of acceptance. In short, Zacchaeus was lonely and lost. And that's why his story is so significant here in Luke's gospel. At this point, as we read Luke's gospel, we might be asking, is there a gospel for the wealthy? Is there good news for the rich? Luke has spent much time speaking about the poor read through Luke's gospel and you're left in no doubt that Jesus is for the poor but what about the rich? Glance back one chapter to chapter 18 and verse 18 and uh, we see a rich young ruler approaching Jesus and Jesus challenges him in verse 22 to give everything away that he has everything he has to give it away and give to the poor and that's a step too far for the rich young man and so verse 23 he goes away very sad because he was a man of great wealth And as Jesus watched him walk away, verse 24, he looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And those words stopped the disciples in their tracks. Look what they say in verse 26, who then can be saved? Is there good news for the rich? Well, the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, answers that question with a resounding yes The story comes towards the climax of Jesus' earthly ministry. There's now only one thing left for him to do as he explained to his disciples in chapter 18, verse 31. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we're going to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be turned over to the Gentiles. They'll mock him, insult him, spit him on on him, flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. Jesus then is on his way to Jerusalem on his way to the cross. And as he turns to head for Jerusalem, he has to go through Jericho. On the outskirts of that town, he has an encounter with a blind beggar. That's in verses 35 to 43. And then we read chapter 19, verse one, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Uh, Jesus has arrived in Jericho, but he's not staying. Do you see it there, verse one? He's passing through because he set his face towards Jerusalem now. And that phrase, passing through, gives us the distinct impression that with his disciples and a great crowd following him, Jesus isn't going to stop for anything. Reminds me of the Olympic torch relay as it came through Sheffield a couple of years ago. It was was passing through. Despite the huge crowds that gathered to clap a glimpse of the torch, nothing was going to stop the procession. The juggernaut was just going to keep on rolling on that's how it was with jesus on his way to jerusalem passing through jericho or at least that's how it seemed until we read verse two a man was there by the name of zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy suddenly the focus shifts for a moment our eyes are off jesus and onto this other one zacchaeus his name means pure or righteous his profession well he was a tax collector A profession, of course, hated in the first century in Palestine, tax collectors were turncoats, Jewish people who had collaborated with the ruling Roman army and who fleeced their own countrymen for their own gain. Jericho, I'm told, was on the border and as such, it was a, a primary customs point for moving goods in and out of Palestine. So it was a lucrative place to be a tax collector. And verse two, Zacchaeus was a chief Tax collector. He had people under him. So not only did he make his own money, but he made money from those working for him as well. And so we're told, verse 2, he was wealthy. More literally, he was very wealthy. So here was a man sleeping with the enemy and making himself fabulously rich in the process. Over the years, others had paid heavily so that he could live a life of luxury. Are you getting the picture? He wasn't a popular guy and so Zacchaeus isn't going to get a lot of sympathy when he comes up against difficulties. People aren't going to go out of their way for Zacchaeus the tax collector as we see in verse three. You see Jesus was passing through and Zacchaeus wanted to see him but verse three being a short man he could not because of the crowd. Can you see him in your mind's eye trying to squeeze through a gap in the crowd to get a spot in the front row? And each time he tried to get through, the crowd, seeing it was him, deliberately squeezed together to make it impossible for him to get through. It's not easy being a little guy in a crowd, said the preacher with feeling. (laughs) David Gooding writes, Zacchaeus was a short man, perhaps with a short man's inner urge to prove himself and gain recognition. I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Anyway, that as it is, Zacchaeus clearly was a determined man and unable to get to the front of the crowd. We read verse four. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus was desperate to see Jesus. We don't know why, we're not told. We do know that Jesus' reputation went before him. By now, wherever Jesus went, a crowd gathered. And who knows, it might have been that Zacchaeus had heard that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And so Zacchaeus, the tax collector, wanted to see a man who was a friend to people like him. People like him who had fleeced others to get what they wanted. And then when they got it all, had realised it didn't give them all they wanted after all. Perhaps Zacchaeus realised that money didn't buy him happiness. He certainly knew it didn't buy him acceptance religiously the synagogue disapproved of him socially society at large shunned him and so lonely and lost he wanted to catch a glimpse of the friend of tax collectors and sinners now look in many ways we might be very different to Zacchaeus but if you've ever felt lost uh, then this is for you and by lost I mean that that feeling that sense that you've blown it You're someone who who knows you've made mistakes and remembering them is painful. I'm all too aware of some of the terrible stuff in my distant past. I'm also all too very aware of some of the things I've said and done in the more recent past. The hurt I've caused with loose words. The sadness others have had to cope with because of the bad decisions I've made. And when I think of those things, I do wonder if anyone would accept me if they really knew me. I genuinely wonder if you'd want me to be your vicar, if you really knew the stuff I'd done. And when there's stuff like that in your life, you feel vulnerable and lonely and at times lost. And feeling lost like that, it's very easy to wonder if God would accept you. Well, Jesus was in town and Zacchaeus ran to meet this friend of tax collectors and sinners. Do you see the urgency? Verse four, he ran. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. Zacchaeus went to extreme lengths to see Jesus. And then the most surprising thing happened. Verse five, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus had a date with destiny. Jesus was passing through Jericho, but when he saw Zacchaeus, he didn't just walk on by. No, he stopped in his tracks. And he stopped because Zacchaeus was exactly the reason Jesus had to pass through Jericho. This was no chance encounter. Because see the punchline in verse 10 Jesus came to seek and save the lost. At first, as we read this, we we think Zacchaeus is going to extreme lengths to see Jesus, but the truth here is that Jesus was seeking out Zacchaeus. It's the experience of many, many people. I can think of it in my own life when over 30 years ago now, as a 19-year-old, I began to ask questions about life and death and began to take steps to find out about Jesus. At the time, I thought I was seeking him, now as I look back and reflect on everything that was happening back then and all that had happened in my life until then well now I can see that all along it was Jesus who was seeking me out and that's exactly what happened here with Zacchaeus and exact and it's exactly what Jesus taught in the parable of the lost sheep at the beginning of chapter 15 here is the good shepherd looking for the lost searching for them And so seeing Zacchaeus up the tree, verse five, Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. It's remarkable, he called him by name. Jesus knew him. As far as we know, they'd never met before, but Jesus knew him. That tells us a lot about Jesus and and who he is. And as he called his name, the irony shouldn't be lost on us. Zacchaeus, his name means righteous or pure, but a less righteous and pure man, you're unlikely to find. It's interesting how names work sometimes, isn't it? When I was a lad, the the family dentist was Mr. Payne. Uh, The irony wasn't lost on the dentist, so on the board outside the surgery, he was called Mr. Bedford Payne, double barrel name. But my dad knew him from years back and enjoyed telling me that uh, when he became a dentist, he changed his name from Payne to the double barrel Bedford Payne. I was talking about this with my brother this week, and he told me of a friend of his who is now a pastor but was a GP. And uh, when he was a GP, as his name now, he was a Dr. Strain. I reckon he should have been a physio, really, but there we go. My brother also told me that uh, when he'd uh, driven past a high Anglican church fairly recently, on the notice board, he saw the vicar was the Reverend Chalice. Now, that still doesn't trump the clergyman whose surname was Christmas. And because he was a high churchman, the congregation called him Father Christmas. Anyway... (laughs) Uh, that's got nothing to do with anything really sometimes names work perfectly like that but with others the paradox can't be missed Uh, you'll know what I mean if ever you've met someone called joy and she's a miserable complainer or grace who's a, a hard and mean person that's the kind of irony behind behind this tax collector this this con man being called Zacchaeus righteous righteous that's the name his parents gave him they longed for him to be a good son what a disappointment he must have been to them. Verse five, righteous Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so verse six, he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. What a moment this was. Here is Jesus, the friend of sinners, showing his friendship to Zacchaeus by going to his house. No one did that with Zacchaeus. They didn't want anything to do with him. Look at how all the crowd responded in verse seven see all the people saw this and began to mutter he's gone to be the guest of a sinner That's what they thought of Zacchaeus but you see that's what Jesus is like that's what our God is like and there'll be a number here this morning who can hardly believe this is true you've known you've blown it perhaps like Zacchaeus you've blown it materially you've You've made some really bad decisions and they've been driven by money. You've left a trail of hurt behind you, been ruthless at work to get the promotion, walked all over other people, gone behind their backs in order to get on and get up in the world. Or there's been a family dispute over money, an inheritance that you felt should have been yours. And in your greed, you put your foot down and stood your ground and you, you wanted to get what you believe was your share of the inheritance and it got out of hand and words were said and it's left a bitter taste in the family. Or you look back and you, you've, you, you see how your desire for wealth motivated you to work ridiculously long hours to the detriment of your family. At the time, you explained it away as providing for the family. But the truth is that you were motivated by materialism, leaving your wife alone to care for the kids who hardly ever saw their father. Of course, most people don't know about these things. They don't know what motivated you. But you know you know the things you did for a comfortable life but ironically it's left you feeling uncomfortable and especially when you think about the fact that God knows well look here's Zacchaeus driven by money left a trail of hurt and destruction and broken lives behind him everyone knows about it including the living God but here's the thing Jesus has gone looking for him and Jesus wants to go to his home Jesus wants to be his friend because Jesus is the friend of sinners. He wants to be your friend and mine. It's what he's going to Jerusalem for, uh, to save sinners like Zacchaeus, like you and me. Chapter 18, verse 32, he's going to die on a cross to take the punishment for your sin and mine. And it's what he's gone to Jericho for, to seek the lost, verse 10. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's a wonderful thing to hear if you're anything like Zacchaeus. And so verse six, Zacchaeus came down from the tree and welcomed Jesus gladly. And verse eight, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too Is the son of Abraham. Listen to how David Gooding describes this up on the screen, I think, in just a moment. In that moment, Zacchaeus not only saw who Jesus was, he discovered his own. Long lost identity. He was a man loved by God with an eternal love and longed for so much that God has sent his son on purpose to find him and to rescue him from his lostness by coming personally to his home and bringing the sense of acceptance with God into his very heart. Isn't that wonderful? And then see how Gooding goes on. Zacchaeus presently discovered something else. Acceptance with God had given him what he'd sought in vain for years from wealth. The compulsive drive to make money had gone. Indeed, he felt he no longer needed half his wealth and he gave it all away. As Zacchaeus met Jesus, he confessed his sin and he knew he should put right his wrongs and compensate those he'd swindled. All his life, Zacchaeus had looked to money to give him what he wanted, All his life, he trusted money to make him something. All his life, he believed salvation and meaning in life would be found in money. But money doesn't buy happiness. And it isn't what we're made for. We're not made to be people who are striving to get more and more. And in meeting Jesus, Zacchaeus knew that, probably for the first time. Jesus had sought him and saved him And the moment he put his trust in Jesus, he demonstrated that genuine faith, that real trust in God by giving away his money, the very thing that had kept him away from God until then. See, that's what happens when you become a real follower of Jesus. Your life is turned around. And it shows itself in very real and practical ways. The story of Zacchaeus is a brilliant story not just because he was a little guy and for some unknown reason, I have an affinity with little people. Now Zacchaeus is a brilliant story because it tells us what Jesus is like. He is the good shepherd who, verse 10, seeks and saves the lost. He is a friend of sinners. That is brilliant for people like me. And for some of you here this morning, you'll be feeling the relief that Jesus will be a friend of yours as well. Despite all you've done, despite all the rubbish in the past, he could be a friend of yours. So let me ask you, why not become a friend of his today? Uh, This morning, you, you came here to see him, just as Zacchaeus did on that day. You didn't need to climb a tree, but as I've been speaking, it's as if Jesus has sought you out of the crowd. It's as if he's been speaking directly to you, just you. So why didn't you become his friend? if you've never done it or if you're not sure that you have why not become his friend today now if you like to do that i'm going to pray a prayer it comes from this little book and i'll read it for you now so that if you feel this is the prayer you'd like to pray then when i pray it you can pray it along this is how it goes lord jesus christ i'm sorry for the things i've done wrong in my life please forgive me I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now I'm gonna pray that prayer in a moment. And, and if uh, it is that you're saying, yeah, you know, I, I want to be Jesus' friend. I want to start again with him. If you've never prayed that prayer or if you're not sure you have, if you're not sure you've started, then as I pray this prayer, uh, you can just um, echo it along in your mind and God, uh, because he knows everything, will know that you're saying it. You don't need to say it out loud. He'll hear you as you say it along. So let's pray and I'll pray it line by line and if you want to, you can repeat it along in your mind as well. Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And um, if you have just prayed that prayer along with me uh, then I'd love to give you a copy of the booklet that the prayer is in and uh, I'll be standing on the door at the end of the service just say to me I prayed that prayer and you can have one of these and uh, uh, that will tell you more about what it means to be a friend of Jesus and him a friend of yours well we uh, inevitably all of us have uh, things to confess in view of what we've heard And so you'll see on the green service order, before we uh, pray, we're going to confess together. Uh, I've been challenged this week as I've been reading this. Uh, Indeed, I've had to write a check out to someone because I was mean in taking some money from them that I shouldn't have, and I've wanted to put that right. Uh, You too, I'm sure, will have been challenged in one way or another, and now's a good time for us to confess that to God. And maybe I'll just leave a a moment of silence for you to, before we pray this prayer, to think about how you're going to make restitution, how you're going to put things right that are wrong in your life, just as Zacchaeus did, just as I've had to this week. A moment of silence and then we'll pray this prayer of confession that's on the Greens order of service. And so together we pray, have mercy on us, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out our transgressions, wash away all our iniquity, and cleanse us from our sin. Against you, you only, have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Wash us that we may be whiter than snow, For a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise.
1: Amen.